0: These are people I know.
1: These are the funniest people I know. Set improv, riffs, collars, and sketches, characters, and in interviews, and then some more sketches. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest, these are the funniest. These are the funniest people I know. Hello, world. Welcome to The Funniest People I Know. I'm George Koulouris, and here with me today is my fantastic, funny co-host, Alexandria Sweat. How's it going, Alex?
2: Not too bad. What's up, guys?
1: I'm doing all right. Abigail is off this week, so joining us as our special guest is the very good friend of the pod, Will Amato. What's going on, Will?
0: Hello, world, and welcome to The Funniest People I Know podcast and radio show. Oh, great to be back with you, George. How are you, pal? Good to see you. I'm good. George, it is so good to see you. And Alex, big fan of the show. It's
2: just good to
1: see George, me and Will. Alex is in a car going somewhere while we're recording, so that's new. What are you up to, Alex? (laughs) Are you live on the beat? What's up with this? I'm
2: escaping it's exclusive. I'm helping out a family member today and it doesn't stop the show. I'm dedicated because I love you guys and I will record anywhere for you all. Well (laughs)
1: luckily we're in a time where I guess that's possible. (laughs) You're not driving right?
2: I promise I'm not driving.
1: Who's driving?
2: My cousin's driving. She
1: said hi. Oh well hi my cousin. (laughs) Hi George. Each week, we kick off the episode with a round of What's Making You Laugh. We're each going to share a story that's making us laugh and then pick one to dive into. Alexandra, what's making you laugh this week?
2: Nick Cannon and all these
1: kids. Oh, okay. I know what you're about to talk about. (laughs) How about you, Will? What's making you laugh? Adult birthday parties. (laughs) Okay. I love adult birthday parties. Mm -hmm. What's making me laugh this week is Carrie Fisher and the Hollywood makeout party. Carrie Fisher from Star Wars? Carrie Fisher. There's some story came out about her at a Hollywood makeout party, and that's been making me laugh today. What shall we talk about?
2: Oh, wow.
1: I love adult birthday parties. That's my pick, I think. What about you, Alex? I am torn, but hmm,
2: I want to hear Will's take on these birthday parties. What's going on with the birthday parties, Will?
0: Well, I have a couple of friends who are turning a certain age this summer. And I think unless you're 50 or 60, one birthday lunch is about as far as you should ever go. (laughs) Why? Why are you a Grinch of birthday? Because I don't want to have to get you a gift. I don't want to come to your party. Maybe every five years, maybe every 10 years, we're celebrating. Hey, you know what? It's Will's 30th birthday party. Great. Come on over. Have a party. That's a good excuse. But I have a couple of very dear friends who have thrown themselves multiple extravagant birthday parties over the last couple of months. And frankly, George, I'm sick of it. (laughs) Birthday parties are nice, (laughs) especially after our pandemic. They are. Birthday parties are a sad reminder of being one step closer to the grave.
2: Oh my God, Will, <laughs> this is morbid. What is going on?
0: Let me phrase it this way. I had a friend who had a big to do, and then the following weekend, he had another to do. He kind of bookended his birthday with giant events, and I put my foot down and I said, I will drive the pontoon boat, but I will not come to your pool party.
1: <laughs> You're not driving the pontoon. No, in the pool it wouldn't party, be right. Enough. <laughs> What were these big extravaganzas?
0: One was just this giant pool party with a bunch of folks playing music and all this. And the other one, we rented a pontoon boat and I ended up taking the safety course and going out on the lake. And that one I was okay with because I got to (laughs) smoke a cigar and I bought a captain's hat on Amazon.
1: Yeah, it sounds like you really hated this. But here's the thing,
0: George. I got invited to another one. Right. And it's a double birthday. They're going to a meadery. Have you ever had mead? Yeah, I'm really happy for people who like it.
2: What is mead? I'm thinking cornmeal or something. I feel like I'm
0: a wheat. Do you know how honey is when a bee eats some pollen and barfs it back up? <laughs> it is, right? It's a bee.
2: Okay, no. But yeah, it's important. You no, know, that's
0: where honey comes from. <laughs> honey is bee barf. Okay. <laughs> I never thought about it as honey is bee throw up or bee
2: barf, but thanks,
0: Will. Well, if you imagine that a frat boy ate some honey and then threw it up, that's mead. <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> Another friend is having a second double birthday. So there's a meadery one night. And then the next night, he wanted to take a bunch of grown adults to <laughs> no, Cece's <that's> pizza. Awesome. <laughs> no. No. Cece's pizza?
2: Cause Cece's is hit or miss.
0: <laughs> and you can't say no. I love this friend. It's dinner. I'm willing to go to a dinner to celebrate my friend. But I have to the go to
1: Cici's bucks, and he had a great night. <laughs> oh it's my gosh! True.
0: But we live in Atlanta. We have Anticos where they'll make it there. We have Da Vinci's. Papa John's would be better than CeCe's Pizza. Well, <laughs> we need to sit in the little
1: lobby of the Papa John's where people wait for their pizza and have a party.
0: Gosh, I, I got to bring in balloons <laughs> or something. So, but here's why. Here's why I wanted to bring this up. This is the real reason. George, I don't want to go alone. I'd like to ask you a personal favor. If you'll be my double date and come to this CeCe's Pizza birthday extravaganza (laughs) this coming Monday with me.
1: Sure, Will. I haven't been to CeCe's Pizza since 2006. Why not?
0: Excellent. That's what I've been thinking about. That's what's been making me laugh this week.
1: That is really funny. I celebrated, well, I had my 40th birthday last year, and there was a panderosa, as Alex would say, and (laughs) I didn't do anything to celebrate it. So I had intended to have one of these horrendous, pool parties, and was going to invite both you and Alex, but I shall unburden you of that invitation. You need not sit by a pool on a lovely summer day, having beer and hanging out with friends and listening to music. I will not make you suffer that. That is my gift to you. For George Yeah.
0: You know what, George? Wait a second. Wait a second. Now, as long as you're not going to do it you twice, I would so love to lucky. accept your invitation.
2: Well... I'm kind of with George. Birthdays are a thing. I'm a birthday queen. In April, even though my birthday is on the 13th, my birthday is the entire month. From Aries to Taurus season. It doesn't matter. Shortly after I had met George, he invited me to a birthday party. He called it Mary Georgemas. And I was lost. Like, I was so confused. Is this a halfway Christmas party?
0: (laughs) George Miss, I think, didn't happen due to COVID, right? George Miss
1: was a holiday that I keep on my calendar every day. Yeah, year. it's been on pause for a minute. And you won't have to worry about celebrating it. Don't you fret none.
2: Right. Well, you let us know how you feel
0: about George
1: yeah. <laughs> Miss. I did score him an invite to CC. You're a good friend like that. In
0: fact, George, you know what? I'll even cover your meal.
1: Oh, I expected that. But thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it.
0: Is it still 3.99? Can somebody check?
1: That's my assumption. That's what I remember.
0: I don't know. Inflation.
1: I've got a new game for us to play today, and I'm calling this game 7-Up. I have a whole bunch of random things and life experiences here. And we're going to just pick seven different things and rank them in order of best to worst. As I add an item, we put it on the list. Number one is the best of these, number seven is the worst. First is fire ants. Ew. (laughs) You're not a fan of fire ants? That would go to the bottom? I think so. (laughs) A cold glass bottle cove.
2: Okay.
1: (laughs) What an odd way of saying that. I would put the glass bottle Coke over the ant. That's right? for sure. that's, that's how yeah. y'all feel, right? Next one. Making it rain like at a strip club.
0: I imagine I'm the dancer when you said that. So I'm doing such a great job that I'm making it rain and making a lot of money. So that would be good. If you're the
1: dancer, it's towards the top. I'm
0: putting that at the top so far.
1: Okay. So far we have making it rain at the top and fire ants all the way at the bottom.
0: Yeah, I don't want your Coca-Cola
1: either. Okay, damn.
0: (laughs) Give me a Coke Zero. I want to
1: be preserved in the afterlife. Next one, the Hokey Pokey. How do you feel about the Hokey Pokey, Will? I generally think it's a useful
0: tool if you're ever stuck with children for an extended period of time. (laughs) I also used to work on a cruise ship, and it's something that grandma and granddaughter can do together. But If you've got to fill an hour, I'm a fan.
1: Years ago, I was the counselor of a summer camp, and we went roller skating, and I got a Burger King crown at the end because I was the bestest Hokey Pokey ever. I still hold that title. Hokey Pokey's in the middle. Next, we have Alvin and the Chipmunks. Ah! Alexandria makes like, a really <laughs> gross face, like Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> I, one time.
2: <laughs> I don't know why I made that face, Ethan. Like, I don't. <laughs> I'm not, like, disgusted by Alvin and the Chipmunks. I think it was really random, <laughs> so it got me. You know what? I don't feel anything about them anymore. I did love them when I was younger, though.
1: Would you rank them over or under the hokey pokey?
2: Ah, uh, It can go over the hokey pokey. Yeah, Alvin and the Chipmunks are definitely better than the hokey pokey.
1: Okay.
0: Me, I want a hula hoop. That's the best <laughs> lyric the chipmunks ever wrote. <laughs> I loved that little show. You didn't like it? I would put it towards the top. I didn't really watch as a kid. I think that that might be a bit past. Am I just too old? I think, yeah. I'm the <laughs> kind of guy that went to CC's as a kid. <laughs> so did okay. you, but we were very much a Nickelodeon crew. I think the chipmunks were old fashioned by the time I started watching cartoons.
1: Do you put the chipmunks above or below the Hokey Pokey?
0: Below. They don't look like chipmunks. I have chipmunks in my backyard. Wow, oh, you're below? Alex, are you above the Hokey Pokey? I was above the Hokey Pokey. I'm feeling above yeah. the Hokey Pokey. Alvin was the leader. Simon was the one with glasses, so he was smart. No one ever talks about Theodore. Theodore
1: is the forgotten chipmunk. I want to write the saga of Theodore. <laughs> <laughs> we will follow up with you when you do. The spinoff, like Maleficent and Cruella, Theodore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: ready. A character nobody cares about the origin story for.
1: Yeah. Two more here. The next one is dandruff. Dandruff? Yeah, dandruff. That's definitely a gross. Worse than fire ants?
2: Dandruff is worse than fire ants because have you ever had dandruff in a black shirt? Those two things do not mix.
1: But I would rather have dandruff in a black shirt than get bit by fire ants. Will, what about you? Would you rather have dandruff or get bit by fire ants? Oh, probably dandruff,
0: yeah. I wonder, though, you know how certain things with our body, if you start to sweat a lot, it means that you're hot, or you need some water, or your body is self-regulating. What's the point of dandruff? Just to embarrass you. It
2: means your scalp dry, you need a conditioner.
0: So go eat some olive oil?
2: I have to do more than eat olive oil, but that might work for you (laughs) in (laughs) George.
1: Definitely above fire ants for me. Last one. And I know where I stand on this one. This is the worst for me right here. The birthday song. It's my least favorite song. I would put the birthday song worse than fire. The actual song that the CDC recommended you sing twice when you wash your hands. Not me. I sang the alphabet. Thank you. Because there's also that happy
0: birthday to you. Right.
1: <laughs> if it's Stevie
2: Wonder's Happy Birthday, we are never putting that under fire ants, ever. That will be my number one, actually. If it's Stevie Wonder, I agree. If it's the regular Happy Birthday, that classic, nah, mm-hmm, that can go after
1: fire. Okay, ants. so regular Happy Birthday at the bottom, but Stevie Wonder singing the Better Happy Birthday For is sure. at the top. better than making For it rain. Sure. So at your birthday party,
0: you'd rather be stung by fire ants than have the entire
1: Ooh, no, crowd a sing you the happy birthday song? Ooh. I would definitely not rather be bit by fire ants at my birthday party than have people sing to me, nor have dandruff. I don't want dandruff at this party either. I guess the birthday song goes above dandruff, but below the hokey pokey. Yeah. Okay. okay, that,
0: that makes works. Sense. You're going to check people for dandruff at the door? Sorry, sir, you can't come in. <laughs>
1: it's a dandruff-free <laughs> or party. Or fire ants. Okay, our ranking. Stevie Wonder singing the jazzy birthday song, number one. Yeah. Making it rain if you're the stripper, number two. High on my list, very high. <laughs> a cold glass bottle Coke, number three. Yep. Alvin and the Chipmunks, number four. Yep. The Hokey Pokey, number mm-hmm. five. Yep. The birthday song number six. Yeah. Dandruff, number seven. And then Fire Ants, number eight.
0: Yeah, I thought there were only seven, but that sounds like a
1: good order. The birthday song split into two. <laughs> I see. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it Great. multiplied just there. Well, that was the stupidest game we've ever played. Thank you for indulging.
2: George and Will. I have been watching a show called BET Presents The Encore. The show features Pam from the group Total, Shamari from the group Black, Irish and Misha from the group 702, twins, Farrah and Fallon from the group Cherish, and (laughs) Aubrey O'Day from Danity Kane. And lastly, Vivia, who was not in a girl group. She was a solo singer, but she was popular in the early 2000s. Why are we trying to assemble a nine-woman girl group of women between the ages of 35 to 50? Nine women is just way too many women to try to put in a group. It just makes no sense. And not all the women can sing anymore. There's a lot of keys that are off, a lot of tones that just aren't there. If you all could assemble any bands or make a dream band, who would you put together? If I may, I'll start just to give you guys an example. I wanted to keep it simple with a three-woman group because I feel like three women groups create the best harmonies. They work better together. And for me, I created the Holy Trinity. I've always wanted to see Beyonce, Rihanna, and Nicki Minaj form a group. Beyonce is the lead singer again, of course. Rihanna can come in for her little Caribbean flair, Nikki Minaj, she tries to sing and stuff every now and then, so she could blend in in the background.
1: <laughs> I'm sure she'd appreciate that. What about you, Will? Who would be in your group? I've been thinking for the last 30 seconds deeply
0: about this question. <laughs> okay. I would put Elvis Presley as my lead singer. Buddy Guy, the blues man, would back him up on guitar. And his duet partner for backup vocals and also to sing leads sometimes would be Florence from Florence and the Machine. (laughs) That'd actually be a
1: really great trio. That'd be good.
0: Yeah, right? A smoky blues band, get some of the newer stuff, some of the older stuff. I would listen to that. I would
1: listen to that. That would be really hot. Yeah, I'm into that. My suggestion is inspired by the Spice Girls. So I didn't really think about the music as much as I thought about the personalities. I was thinking of putting together an all-male spice girls type of group your sporty spice first person that comes to mind ll cool j (laughs) you have your posh spice that's your crooner michael buble yep then you have your sexy spice that's of course lenny kravitz (laughs) then you have your scary spice that's none other than marilyn manson Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then baby spice will go to justin bieber (laughs) This is my group. LL, Lenny Kravitz, Marilyn Manson, Buble, and Justin Bieber. And I think we'll call them Old Spice.
0: (laughs) I don't know what music you're going to get from that combination. I have no idea. It won't be good, but it'll sell out stadiums. You would. Some sort of dark, satanic, soul pop fusion music. (laughs) (laughs) It It would be a nightmare. I love a band that combines every popular style of music ever so like what do you do we're like a jazz funk soul gospel duop trio <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is exactly what this would be they would have a lot of fighting over who's the headliner it would break up before the first performance I think.
0: oh 100
1: that's really fun alex i'm uh, glad you told us about that
0: yeah, that's a good game. I love assembling the Dream Team.
1: Yeah, I would actually to listen to both of your bands. <music> Will, what have you been up to? It's been a minute since we've had you on. How's life treating you? Life is good, man.
0: I'm in graduate school, so I've been writing a bunch of pilots and working on a feature film for the first time, which is exciting. Oh, that's really cool. Can you tell us anything about that? I've signed a non-disclosure agreement, so not really, other than it's a comedy horror film.
1: Okay. We'll
0: be going into production in August, and I'm getting to punch up the script with some really dumb jokes. (laughs) it should be a lot of fun. And then, George, you and I have made three
1: short films this year. Yeah, we've also done that.
0: We have a company called Draft Horse Productions that's been making a lot of content. And we might also be doing a live show in August, which I have yet to tell you about.
1: <laughs> this is literally news. Okay, what?
0: <laughs> I got an email today about a venue for our new sketch show, Church Mice. That might be happening depending on. How George feels about jumping into another project, which I love giving you real life news on your podcast. I haven't seen you since I found out about this, so I can't help but tell you. But we've got a company and we've gotten to hire some local actors, really, really funny people. It's been a really cool year and I've been able to work on some longer term, bigger projects and continue turning Atlanta into a content creation hub really proud that you and I and several of our friends in Atlanta have gotten to be a part of that. So keep them busy, man.
1: Will, what's the main thing you've learned in your first year of grad school?
0: I'm not attractive enough to sleep with my professors for good grades.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you
0: learned that? I tried to kind of subtly close the door, a little click. Hey, I was wondering if I could interrupt your office hours Both times the professor says, sorry, I have another meeting. Please get the hell out of my office.
1: Yeah, we'll take your leg off of my desk.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man. I've learned that art is not about creativity. (laughs) Art and productivity and getting big projects done and making things happen is tedium. And the piece that gets through is the one that you edit six times or the one that you get notes on and you continue to finesse. I've gotten to do a lot of rewriting and collaborate with a lot of people, but it never ends. And so I think if this is something you want to do or any creative endeavor, it's really just about time and patience and showing up every day. And you have to do the work. And that's what grad school's taught me. It also taught me that from my work on this show and working with you guys Comedy is a niche and being funny in any avenue of your life and being human and having emotional intelligence is going to serve you well because a lot of people know how to write. A lot of people can tell good stories, but not a lot of people can be funny. What you guys do consistently, that's something that I think if you can bring to the world has been really, really cool. And I've found a niche as a comedian in an otherwise academic professional writing program.
1: Yes, that's so dope. Comedy is a public service. Comedy is a service. You're right. You're welcome, listener. Absolutely.
2: To piggyback off of your point, George, when I took my Meisner class, my teacher, Rob Mello, reminded us constantly that the work that we were doing as actors, also as comedians, is a service because people seek entertainment to be happier. So once again, you're welcome, people.
0: Yeah, it is. It's a gift. It's for the audience. Which is why I think as much as we work in film, it is good to get in front of the audience and test out the material. And remember, the work we create is for the audience. It's been a cool experience, man. But I've gotten to really focus on some long-term projects and put the time and energy necessary to get things done. I've been really happy. Yeah, happy to be here.
1: Very cool. Well, thank you for joining us today and telling us about that. Okay, Will, you've brought a writer's graveyard piece with you today. What do you have for us?
0: I brought a short play that I wrote, which I created during one of my first writing jobs. I was working for a company that did birthday parties in Bloomfield, New Jersey. The company was called Bella Princess, and they do these big extravagant balls the little children show up in their fancy princess dresses with their parents, and there are these huge events. Well, this is one of the dumbest ones I ever wrote. It stars Merida from the movie Brave. Have you seen Brave?
1: Recently, yeah. It's cute.
0: Cinderella is in this. She's famous. And Fairy Godmother makes an appearance. I wrote this show for three actresses as part of a spring ball event that we have. Okay. It was in this lovely garden room in Bloomfield. And these were pretty high-end events. And princesses are very regal. I was always trying to get them to say and do things that were not very princess-like. I like that. Okay. Mostly because after writing 10 or 12 of these, I just needed to do anything to get myself to be entertained. (laughs) (laughs) This one was called Cinderella's Spring Ring-a-Ling-a-Ding-Ding Party Thing.
1: (laughs) Did you come up with that title? I did. That is such oh, an amato title.
0: The actresses would complain heartily about how difficult it was to say.
1: I can see why. Say that three times fast. Go for it.
0: Not to mention Merida is Scottish,
1: mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. the
0: actress had to do a Scottish accent and say "spring ringerlinga ding ding." I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: At God. least.
0: You got This there. <laughs> play taught me to actually consider when I write something that is to be spoken. To think about the actor actually right. having to utter these words out loud.
1: That is a great consideration. It sucks for the actors that had to read this that you came to that realization afterwards, but <laughs> it's a good place <laughs> to have landed. Oh, my goodness, there we are. Oh, there it is.
0: I used to play a knight called Fergus McMuffin. <laughs> so I'd host these events. In the back, she had this awful knight costume with a hat and a little plastic sword, you know. And so I'd go out and I'd, I'd introduce myself as Fergus McMuffin. And children would know what a McMuffin <laughs> was. And I'd say, you know, I've got a lovely, lovely wife, Madam McRibb. And, of course, our lovely son, McNugget. <laughs> i so sticky. Yeah. That joke <laughs> killed every single time. I'll read Merida, the brave princess. Alex, you'll be Cinderella. And, George, I would love your best fairy godmother when she <laughs> enters the scene. All right. We did it. That we done did. You little princesses are some right fine dancers. Okay.
2: Let's all watch the flower pot and wait for something to grow.
1: Merida and Cinderella gather the kids around the flower pot and stare. Hey, Cindy. Nothing's
2: happening. Oh, fiddlesticks. We gave them plenty of water. Why aren't
0: they growing? I suppose it takes time. Time we don't have because your spring ring-a-ling-a-ding-dong party thing is starting right now. If only we had a way to speed things up a bit. I have an idea.
2: Once, I wanted to go to this party, but I didn't have a dress, so some little birds and mice made one for me. But then my stepsisters tore it apart. Then a fairy godmother came and made me a new dress along with a carriage made from a pumpkin so I could go.
0: You've lost your mind. Sit down before you hurt yourself.
2: (laughs) I'm telling the truth. I have a fairy godmother who makes my wishes come true. Maybe she can make the flowers grow.
0: That's different. How do we get this fairy godwoman to show up? Mm, That's a great question. You're a smart cookie. Cookies are called biscuits where I come from.
2: You're a smart biscuit, then.
0: So? So?
1: How do we call the fairy godmother?
2: I have no idea.
1: (laughs) She sort of shows up whenever. Enter fairy godmother. Hey! I nearly caught the wrong breeze and ended up in Montclair. (laughs) That would have been terrible. I don't speak a word of French. Oh, look! An audience! Hello, cherubs! Whoa, nice dress. You're too kind, though I suppose you really can never be too kind, or can you? I certainly hope
2: not. No matter. Hello, fairy godmother. It's lovely to see you again. We need your help.
1: Yes, you're having a ding-dong, ring-a-ling, ding-spring-a-thing-thing-a-problem. I take it your doorbell is broken. Actually,
0: Miss Fairy Godwoman, <laughs> we're hoping you could help us grow some flowers for Cinderella's party today. Perhaps using a bit of magic. oh magic, you say?
1: Oh, goodness, I couldn't possibly.
2: Oh, Fairy Godmother, won't
1: you help us grow some flowers? Not without a bit of manners. Perhaps these beautiful children can teach you the proper word to use when asking for something you want. I'll give you a hint. It starts with a P. Popcorn. Platypus. Pork
0: fried rice.
1: No, 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 none of Mm. those. Children, when you want something, what must you always remember to say?
0: Please, please. Please. Oh, that's right. Fairy Godwoman, will you please help all flowers grow? Please, Fairy Godmother, let's
2: all say it together. On the count of three, everyone say, please, Fairy Godmother.
1: One, two, three. Please, Fairy this Godmother. Fairy godmother. Fairy godmother. Oh, all right, said you asked so nicely. Now, where on earth did I put my fairy dust?
0: The Fairy Godmother searches in her bag for fairy dust. She throws out random items until she locates the magic change bag. Uh Aha, my satchel of
1: fairy dust.
0: She turns it inside out to show the audience that it's empty.
1: It appears I'm all out. No matter. All I have to say is the magic words and more will appear. Let's see. Bimini, blottery, bang. Oh, dear, that can't be right. Blustery, blowery, (laughs) butterscotch. I seem to have forgotten the magic words. Do any of you know the correct words to say?
0: Hippity-boppity-boo. By Georgia
1: Wright, Bibbity, Bobbity, boo That's it. (laughs) Oh my, it's some of the worst dialogue. (laughs) I bet the kids loved it.
0: That's funny, because I was thinking for how long ago I wrote this, that wasn't so bad. (laughs) (laughs) They love when they know the right answer and the characters get it wrong. That's a device I've used over and over and over again. Also, in addition to the party being the spring ring-a-ling-a-ding-ding party thing, there were several times in the script where they got that wrong. And so the actors were like, not only do we have to learn that, we have to learn the (laughs) ring-a-dong-a-ding-dong-ding-a-ling-a-ding.
1: You're an ass.
0: (laughs) She was like, I just auditioned for a Disney show on Broadway, but I spent two weeks learning your damn script. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) We were right outside of Manhattan, so all these actresses were professional. This was their day job when they
1: weren't auditioning for the big stuff. For a kid's birthday party script, I think this is excellent. But if I paid money, I didn't want it back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. That
0: was the spring ring-a-ding-a-ding-ding party thing. Written by Will Amato, I hope you all have a wonderful spring into summer.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Will, for sharing that in our safe space where people are not criticized for their previous works of art (laughs) that they so generously bring to our podcast. Thanks, George. And Alex. (laughs) Alex sounds like she's being eaten by a giant robotic monster. Alex, we are glad you're safe and we'll let you go off to your next destination. This has been another episode of the funniest people I know. Thank you so much, Will Amato, for joining us today. Happy to be here. We record for the Georgia radio reading service. Thank you to producer Jane Boyton, who edits the show. If you enjoy the show, please like, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. We're available on every service, including Apple podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and Pandora. You can email us at I know at gmail.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at I know. Have a hilarious week. <laughs>